So um, we have two scriptures to read from today. So um, if you could keep up, we're going to first go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. You read from the ESV. Okay. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And then... Oh, no. On the second, second Corinthians 3.17. Okay. Oh, yes. On 3.17, it says, <clears throat> Now the Lord is spirit. When the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Um, Aaron and I had a relaxing time last week in Phuket, Thailand. And uh, let me just testify, it was just gorgeous out there. I would highly recommend uh, going during the off-peak season. That's when it's not so busy and uh, hotel costs are about 50%. Actually, if you are on a budget, you can actually go there and stay at simple motels. They're really Small but clean. And uh, they're only about 500 baht per night, which is $17.25. And um, when, when you ever go to Phuket, we, we stayed at a really nice resort. And it was only about, we, we found a good deal on Travelocity. It was only about 43 bucks a night and, uh, for both of us. And it was a really nice resort, uh, if you saw the pictures. And uh, if you're ever in Phuket, be sure to visit Fifi Islands. It's beautiful. Gorgeous. I mean, I was... Jumping off the speedboat into the water, and you can just see everything. Like, it was so cool. Like, like you would look in the water, and you can kind of see the bottom because it's so clear. And then when you put your um, snorkeling gear on, and then you look from above the water, you can kind of see some of the coral reefs. And then the moment you go under the water with your snorkeling gear, there's, like, tons of fish right underneath you. You didn't even know they were there. But the moment you look down, it's just, like, everywhere. My wife didn't enjoy that so much because she's scared of fish. But uh, no, we had a fantastic time. <clears throat> uh, going together uh, was a lot of fun, but we both decided that in the future, it will be even more fun to go with other people. <laughs> so um, in the future, y'all are invited to join us for vacation. Hopefully, you will be married. <laughs> um, hallelujah. Now, uh, on Wednesday, we returned from Phuket, and then we took a train down to Tegu to visit family for Chuseok. And then we returned to Seoul for our leadership retreat that went from Friday till this morning. And, uh, man, what an amazing blessing. We had, a, we had an amazing group of people, and it was a powerful time. It was an amazing time. Um, God was setting people free from all kinds of secret bondage, sins, lies, false identity, shame, unforgiveness, anger, Idolatry, uh, people were renouncing occultic uh, activities, occultic ties. Um, people were getting healed from wounds, being restored into their innocence. I mean, God was just doing an amazing work. And uh, I just want to praise God for it. Let's all praise the Lord for the amazing work that He did in the last 72 hours. And for a handful of people, the, uh, the effect of the healing deliverance ministry was immediate on their countenance. You can see it. 
Our God is a God of restoration. Amen. He heals. He delivers. He restores. You know, in uh, 2008, we had uh, 42 people uh, at our leadership retreat. Um, and then last year, we had 57 people. And this year, we had our biggest, biggest leadership retreat to date with uh, 88 people. And isn't that exciting? Yeah. God's really moving on our church, and He's raising up an army, an army of mighty warriors. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and last night, we had a small group leaders meeting. And all the small group leaders got together and we were kind of sharing uh, all the um, things that God was doing in their small groups for healing and deliverance. And God was just bringing so much breakthrough for so many people. You know, as I was listening, I was doubly blessed. First, I was blessed by hearing just samples of the testimonies that people were experiencing as they were being ministered to. But second, I was also blessed to see our leaders doing the healing and deliverance. Where one year ago or two years ago... They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't even know what healing deliverance was. In fact, they were in the place of brokenness. And for God to heal the broken person and begin to use them in healing, man, that was a blessing just to see that. Hallelujah. And uh, man, these leaders, man, they were increasing in authority and love and on the dependence on the Holy Spirit. And I'm very proud of each and every one of them. Hallelujah. Now, if you're a member of the church or a newcomer, all this healing deliverance ministry, this is good news for you. Okay, since the leaders are getting healed, delivered, and walking in glorious freedom, that means that you don't have to deal with leaders that are insecure, controlling, and manipulative here at our church. That's good news. Instead, you get leaders that honor the Word of God, are led by the Spirit, and are able to love you with the pure love of Christ. That's what we want to see. So it's all going to trickle down to everybody. Uh, two weeks ago, I shared with you a prophetic word that Vic, Vicky Porterfield, who is the chief intercessor for Louis Giglio, uh, she gave me December of last year. Uh, Vicky gave me a prophetic word about developing the core. And uh, so in response to that prophetic word, let me get the mic down just a little bit. In response to that prophetic word, I formed a group of nine leaders called the core. And then in June, these leaders met together to identify and define the core values of New Philadelphia. And so uh, we came up with these nine core values, uh, values that accurately define who we are and values that reflect our desires and direction. And we try to answer the question, what are the non-negotiables of our church? What are the things that we are not willing to compromise? And uh, as our church grows and we do more church plants, these values, they will keep us from losing our church's identity and our distinctives. You know, we don't, we're not interested here in being a cookie-cutter church, amen? amen? We're not interested in being a generic church. We want to be the church that God had in mind when He set us up and established us. So over the next few weeks, I will be continuing to preach through each of these nine core values. Two weeks ago, I preached on the first one, and that was be All right, so the nine core values are be extravagant in worship, freedom is for everyone, father the fatherless, be faithful in the small things, the anointing flows from the top down, roll with the punches, supernatural is natural, contend for the kingdom, and dream big. Honey, be quiet. 
Alright, so last week, uh, two weeks ago, I preached on being extravagant in worship. Today, I'm going to hit up, freedom is for everyone. Everybody say that. Now, how many of y'all have watched that movie Braveheart? The epic of a movie. The movie that I have on DVD in which you have not seen, then please ask me and watch it. Because it is an inspirational movie. And there's a scene in Braveheart where Sir William Wallace, the main character, right? He cries out, freedom! It's like this this amazing scene. And uh, I remember the first time I saw that. I started to choke up. When he shouted that word, something awakened inside of me. And I started to say, you know what? That's a cause worth dying for. It's freedom. And I'm not sure where, where Mel Gibson got the inspiration for that scene. But you know what? Something very similar takes place at the cross. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 50, it says that Jesus, before he breathed his last, he cried out with a loud voice. And then he died. He gave up his spirit. And the moment he died, the Bible says, in the Gospel of Matthew, it mentions this. It says that the temple of the curtain was torn in two, and there was a great earthquake. The earth just shook. I'm not sure if Christ shouted freedom when he made that last cry. But the Bible makes it clear that in Romans chapter 6 that Christ's death had a lot to do with the issue of freedom. Um, So today I'm going to talk about freedom because we believe here at New Philly that freedom is for everyone. I'm going to define kind of what do we mean by that. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, which our sister Jamie read earlier, says, For freedom Christ." Has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Now, what does that mean? That word freedom there. What does that mean? Who does it apply to? What kind of freedom are we talking about? And so right here today, I'm going to try to, uh, try to define for you what we mean by freedom is for everyone. Okay. So I'm going to try to explain it in three points. And point number one, when we say freedom is for everyone, what we mean is number one, freedom is for you. Freedom is for you. Say that to your neighbor right now. Freedom is for you. (laughs) And a freedom is not something you get to enjoy when you get to heaven. It's something that you can experience and you can contend for right now here on earth. If you're a Christian and you've been getting beat up by the devil, you've been oppressed, You've been getting diagnosed with all kinds of diseases. You're living in fear and you're feeling like you are imprisoned. I got good news for you. Freedom is for you. Christ died for your freedom. The Bible says in Psalm 146 verse 7, the Lord sets the prisoners free. Hallelujah. So in light of this word, don't allow yourself to live under bondage. You know, the only reason why people live under bondage is because they are allowing it. Let me say that again. The only reason people live under bondage, the only reason why Christians live under bondage is because they allow it. Remember when Jesus resurrected? Peter had the shame. Why? Because he denied Jesus three times. After saying, 
Jesus, I'll never deny you. And Jesus is like, I tell you the truth, you will deny me before the rooster crows. And Peter is like, Jesus, man, you're, you're so hurtful sometimes. Why do you say that? <laughs> Jesus, man, you don't know nothing, man. I love you. I'll die for you. And then the moment Judas kissed Jesus, and all those people came out, and then they, they chained up Jesus, Peter said, I'm out. Peace. He booked, and then he stayed at a distance to see what would happen to Jesus. And as he's staying at a distance, people asked him, hey, 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 man, no, you, you're that Galilean, man, you hang out with Jesus. You're one of his followers, aren't you? Man, get, get, get off of me, man, I don't know the man. Just chilling over here, you know, somebody, hey, hey, aren't you with Jesus? Hey, aren't you the guy, you cut off some dude's air or something like that? Hey, man, that ain't me, man. You know, little servant girl, you know, hey, that guy was with Jesus. Hey, you bleeping little girl, shut, shut up. He, he like called down these curses. He was just like using the F-bomb, you know. <coughs> Denied Jesus three times. And then what? Rooster crow. And then Peter remembered Jesus' words. And Peter was filled with so much shame. Imagine the demonic spirits are like, yeah. <laughs> Remember Jesus predicted it. He said, look, Satan has asked me to sift you like wheat. But I pray for you. So, I mean, so at the resurrection, Jesus, Peter is still struggling with this stuff. So through this discipleship relationship, what does Jesus do? He gives them, he tells them, feed my, do you love, do you truly love me? And Peter, Peter's like, yeah, feed my sheep. Do you truly love me? Feed my sheep. Anyway, Jesus restored him through the discipleship process, through the discipleship relationship. Hallelujah. Good Bible-based, love-filled discipleship that requires a no-frills submission to authority is one of the most foolproof ways in which a person will receive their full freedom. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. That's what it just sounded like, isn't it? If y'all didn't get it, listen to the podcast. Um, Discipleship and accountability are the one-two combo punch that you need to keep the demons on the ground. That's where they need to stay. Not all up in your face, not all up in your head. They need to be under your feet. That's what discipleship accountability is all about. Freedom is not just for you and your family. Freedom is for your neighbor. (coughs) God wants you to be free, but he also wants to use you to set other people free. And the moment you get set free, you qualify to set someone else free. You know, you need training, discipleship, and the baptism of the Spirit to come to a place where you can be effective at this ministry consistently. But the moment you get free, you also qualify to set other people free. Setting others free is not the job of the pastors. Amen? It is the ministry responsibility of all the saints. Amen? You receive that? Amen? Don't put it all on me. I won't take it. There's just too many of you. You can pay me thousands of dollars. I still wouldn't do it. Okay? (laughs) Not really. You know why? Because you know what? There's a better way. Same spirit that's upon me, he comes upon you. And the Bible says in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Proclaim good news. To bind up the brokenhearted, to heal the brokenhearted, 
and to proclaim freedom for the captives. People that are in prison, people that are under bondage, proclaim that freedom and bring that freedom into their lives. That's the purpose of the anointing coming upon you. And I know that that anointing is available for me, but it's also available to you. We are called Christians. I'm not the only Christian in here. (laughs) Christ in the Greek meaning the anointed one. We're Christians. We're all anointed ones. Amen? We're all anointed ones, brothers and sisters. And that anointing comes upon us so that we can set the captive free. And lastly, (coughs) when we say freedom is for everyone, we mean that freedom is for all who are created in God's image. Let me explain this right now. When we say freedom is for everyone, I mean that freedom is for all who are created in God's image. We here at New Philadelphia, we believe that Christ died for the salvation of his people. If you really want to get technical and you're reformed, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm not getting into that. Okay? Christ died for his people. His blood provides atonement, forgiveness for your sins. It also provides a way for you to live free while you're here on this earth. Okay? But we also believe that the cross of Jesus Christ, the death of Christ, also provides a benevolent freedom for everyone. Meaning, the goodness of God is not just for Christians. It is for everyone. Meaning, God doesn't bless only Christians with a family and two children. He blesses even the wicked with a wife and two children. And a dog, and a nice condo, and an extra timeshare in the Bahamas. I mean, like, you know, God blesses the righteous and the unrighteous. Why? Why does God do that? God, that's not fair. That, that shouldn't, should, why should, well, you shouldn't bless drug dealers like that. You shouldn't bless human traffickers like that. All right? Well, you're questioning the goodness of God. All right? God, in His goodness, He makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust. And Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Don't discriminate because somebody's not a Christian. Jesus said, you love even your enemies. You be good to all. And in that sense, freedom is for everyone. It is for all who are made in the image of God. This is why justice causes such as human trafficking, poverty, and North Korea are important to us at this church. Justice causes are not only for the Democrats in America. Okay? Justice causes are not just for the NGOs. Justice causes are to be taken up by the church of Jesus Christ. We need to start to believe Freedom is not just for me. Freedom is not just for my family. It's not just for my neighbor that sits with me worshiping God and every Sunday. Freedom needs to be taken out of the four walls of this church. And it needs to go to all who were created in God's image. Now, it is not the same freedom that we talk about. The glorious freedom saints enjoy. Okay? Because it's this freedom that God gives you as a saint, as a child of God. It's deep. It's complete. It's amazing. God doesn't give that universally to everybody. But there is a measure of freedom 
That God wants all who are created in His image to get to breathe at least. To enjoy and to acknowledge God for His goodness. <clears throat> so if you've ever studied American history or you watched uh, Roots, you know that at one point in American history, freedom was not for everyone. And you know what? That wasn't okay. All of us in here will say, well, that's not okay. Today we say that. But back then, a lot of churches, they were like, well, freedom's for me. I don't know if it's for all those African slaves. All right? But you know what? There's a guy, not just Abraham Lincoln, but there were a lot of other champions around that time. But Abraham Lincoln being a public political figure, he shed the blood Of all the people in the states, in the Confederate states, and of the Union as well. He shed all these people's blood because he truly believed that freedom is for everyone. And he also believed that, you know, America should be united. But one of the driving issues was the emancipation of African slaves. Why? Because Europe had already done it. And America was following in their footsteps. In Europe, you know who championed it first? So William, it's a white guy named William Wilberforce. Hallelujah. He was a strong Christian man. Member of the parliament. And uh, he championed the cause. Freedom is for everyone. <clears throat> Even um, after the emancipation of slavery in America, in the uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, all right, there was segregation. There was all kind of discrimination. Black people had to go to the back of the bus. And you know what? If, if there were a lot of Asians, y'all would have probably been sent to the back of the bus too. All right. All right it was discrimination. It was, it, it, freedom was not for everyone. Even though it said it on the Constitution, even though they were enforcing it, it wasn't really being applied in society. So guess what? who God raises up? Martin Luther King Jr. Here is another godly man that believes freedom is for all who are created in the image of God. Whether they're Muslim or Hindu or atheist or Christian. They ought to breathe freedom. You know, the only difference between Koreans that breathe freedom here and Koreans that are severely oppressed in North Korea, it's just a few miles. If your family didn't bother to walk down, you know, because the biggest population before the Korean War was in North Korea. That means most of your family had to travel down, unless you're from Busan and Daegu like me. You know, we're like lazy and we just stay there and we're okay because we're so south. Okay, but the majority of Koreans had to travel down out of North Korea. If your family was lazy, and didn't travel down, guess what? Your family will be in slavery and oppression right now. The only difference between you as a Korean in South Korea and those who are enslaved in North Korea is just a few miles. Let that sink in. How is it that we continue to allow North Korea to live under that slavery? How is it that we are not giving voice to this issue with a louder voice from the people of God here in the church? Why is the church 
just saying, oh, we'll leave it up to the sovereignty of God. Well, maybe God is saying, well, I'm leaving it up to the prayer of the saints. I got my sovereignty. I know what I'm going to do. You know what? I'm actually the one who is moving the saints to pray. And you know, y'all you, you need to pray and I'm moving y'all to pray. Well, you, uh, as I'm moving you to pray, you need to pray a little louder because I'm trying to quicken the day of the freedom for North Korea. Yeah. You know what? Not enough saints believe that. We don't really believe that freedom is for all who are created in God's image. Because we read an article about North Korean women that are trafficked into the sex trade in China. We read about Russian women that are trafficked into the sex trade in Busan. We read about just Korean college girls from nice and affluent families. They get tricked into the prostitution rings here in the city of Seoul. We read about it in America. Do you guys know just recently Craigslist just shut down the section of their site? where there was a lot of human trafficking and sex slaves being sold back and forth and sexual services being sold back and forth. They just closed it down. Craigslist was saying, well, we, it's not our business what people put up. All right. But as God's people pray specifically for Craigslist, that's, that, that got shut down. Praise the Lord for that. That's a praise report. <laughs> I mean, people are going to probably try to still do it. But you know what? It's going to slow them down. That means maybe one or two girls... It slows them down enough for them to escape, for them to find some refuge. The Bible says, I'm going to close with this, Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. It sounds like to me, God cares about justice issues. Amen? If God cares about it, we need to care about it. Amen? amen. Come on, amen? amen? We need the William Wallace's, the William Wilberforce's, the Abraham Lincoln's, the Martin Luther King Jr.'s of our generation to rise up at this hour. And we need these people to rise up and begin to champion the justice causes. Because freedom is for everyone. Freedom is for you, freedom is for your neighbor, and freedom is for all who are created in the image of God. And as the people of God who represent God and are ambassadors of Christ here on this earth, we need to manifest the love and goodness of God. Irrespective of whether they're Muslims or Hindus or atheists or Jews. Freedom is for everyone. Let's take some time, let's pray. There's anyone in here today, as you were hearing Krisha's testimony and Janae's testimony, and you heard testimonies of all the new recruits that experienced their freedom or started the process of their freedom this weekend. As you hear these testimonies, and you're saying to yourself, if God can do it for them, God can do it for me. I'm tired of living under bondage. I'm tired of carrying the shame and condemnation. I'm tired of listening to all these negative voices. I want to be free already. Freedom is for me. If that's you, 
I just want you to I just want to ask you to stand up from your seat where you are. If you feel like you're saying freedom is for me, I want to be free. And you want to say in the presence of God, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know which leader you're going to use to, to speak into my life or to lead me through the healing deliverance process. I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, do it. I want you to do it in my life. Because I want that freedom. Freedom is for me. And you've been living under bondage. And you want to be free. You want to say that to God today. I want you to stand up to your feet. You're fed up with the drugs. You're fed up with the living debauchery every weekend. Bible says do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you come up and you, every time you, you come up to get filled with the Spirit, nothing happens because you know what? You're stuffed, stuffing yourselves with the things of the world. That's why. There's no room. You're not making any room for God to come in with power. And you want to give all that up. And you want to say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I need you to do it in my life. Because I want to breathe freedom. I want to live and walk in the glorious freedom of the saints. Stand to your feet. God, I just thank you for every person that is stand, standing up right now in your presence. And we thank you that, God, right now they're not standing up inside of a building, but they are standing before your presence, God. And right now, I cover them with the blood of Jesus Christ. So that, Lord, what they see as they make this declaration before you is not their shame, is not their guilt, is not their condemnation. But what they see is your glory. What they see is your love. I just pray for everyone standing right now. I just decree and declare and I proclaim freedom, 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 freedom in the name of Jesus. God, make it happen. God, send the right people into their lives. God, send the right words right when they need it. Send the right text message. Send the right email. Lord, may you stir in their hearts to pray and to read the scriptures. Because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I pray that God, the anointing of the power of the Spirit will come upon them and destroy yokes that are keeping them from taking their steps of faith. Pray that you will save them, heal them, deliver them. For you are the God who saves. Hallelujah. Freedom. You guys can take your seats. <clears throat> if you stood up today, I would encourage you, uh, go talk to one of our leaders here at this church. Let them know your commit about your commitment. And let them know that you want to walk this out until you get your full freedom. That you're going to work out your salvation. You're going to work out your healing and deliverance with fear and trembling until you get it, until you have it. I want to encourage you to talk to a leader. Right now, I'm just going to ask people, you know, as I'm pre- I, was, I was planning to end with a happy note, but, you know, when I'm preaching about justice causes, there's something about the Spirit of God just, just says there's something not right in the church. There's something so missing in the church. The heart of God for justice causes. That says freedom is for everyone. It's so missing in the church. And you know what? I just couldn't help but to respond to how the Spirit of God was stirring upon my heart. 
And I'm not trying to yell at y'all. I'm not trying to beat you down. But I'm trying to express the heart of God. How he cries out for the oppressed. How he is the God who sets the prisoner free. But we need to give a voice to those prisoners. We need to think of long-term solutions for problems that have been passed down in Cambodia generation after generation. In India, generation after generation. We need long-term solutions. That means we need people to build schools and reform education systems. That means we need people to, to, to infiltrate government or influence the government of nations to change their laws so that they will disallow Disallow human trafficking. And praise the Lord, man. I'm hearing good reports. There are certain nations in Southeast Asia that recently passed laws to try to prevent human trafficking. <coughs> they are good steps. They're baby steps, but they're happening. You know, right now, experts estimate that we have the most slaves of any point in human history today. Staggering exponential amount of slaves. And you know what? They're not, they're not just, you know, going into Africa and forcing people onto a ship and bringing them over to work the cotton plantations. No, these are people either from a poor family, which is most of the case, but also from affluent families who are under incredible debt and then they take on jobs that they take on these jobs foolishly and then they get tricked into. They, they get tricked into human trafficking and all the sex trade. And You saw the movie Taken. It gives us a glimpse of what's really going on in Europe right now. And you know what? God's people have to say, you know what? Not on our watch. This has got to stop. William Wilberforce said that at one point when he saw no hope of anything changing. Martin Luther King said that as he was getting shot through the chest. If justice causes is right now beating on your heart and you want to say, God, I want to champion justice causes. God, yes, I'm going to evangelize and tell people about the gospel and get people saved. But you know what? My calling and work, it does not end there. It does not stop there. God, I want to be part of the bigger picture, the more influential picture where I can disciple nations and shift the history of entire nations. I want to champion these justice causes because I believe that freedom is for everyone. If that's you, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. You want to champion these justice causes. We need to stop thinking just so locally minded or just a missions trip, a short-term missions trip minded. We need to start thinking strategically. We need to start looking from the eyes of heaven. We need to look long-term. When Martin Luther King gave his speech, I have a dream, he looked long term. He said, I have a dream that one day, white children and black children, they're playing the playground together in peace and harmony. And guess what? We see glimpses of that being fulfilled today. Why? Because one man was able to look into the future and believe in a long term big dream. And we need more people of God to do that. And we need people that are, that are educated to do that, as well as people that are more blue-collar to do that. We need people on both fronts. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to give you two minutes right now. Just make your prayer before the Lord right now. Say, Lord, I commit myself. Lord, I put myself out there right now. Lord, open up doors for me or open up new doors because I'm already involved with this work. Lord, I want to proclaim freedom for the captives. I want to proclaim freedom for North Koreans. I want to proclaim freedom for those trapped in the human trafficking industry. I want to proclaim freedom for those who are in poverty. I want to proclaim freedom for the refugees of Sudan. I want to proclaim freedom, oh God, for the refugees in Rwanda. I want to proclaim freedom, oh God. Freedom, oh God. God, I just decree and declare over this room that the mantle of Martin Luther King Jr. is being released here in this room. That the mantle of William Wilberforce is being released here in this room. That the mantle of Abraham Lincoln is being released in this room. That the mantle of Moses, the deliverer, oh God, Lord, is being released here in this room. So that the people of God here, they may be equipped to bring freedom for the oppressed, for the poor, for the downtrodden. Freedom for North Korea. Freedom for the women in Afghanistan. Freedom for the refugees in Sudan. Freedom, God. Equip, anoint, and release mantles upon your people. That we will see the effects of these commitments. 25 years from now, we will see the effects of these commitments. Changing the course of an entire nation's history. Bring freedom, God. Bring freedom, God. Through your people, Lord. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if there is no freedom there, there will be freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Put your Spirit upon us, God. And may we go and bring freedom wherever we are sent. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, hallelujah.